Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Great to have you back for another podcast. Or if you have found us for the first time, then welcome to the Instec London podcast. This is Matthew Grant, one of the Instec London partners. Well, most of us may be on lockdown just now, unless you're one of our listeners from Sweden, or you're doing great work keeping the country running and keeping us healthy and safe. But despite the concerns about where all this is going to end up, there is no let up in the energy and enthusiasm to talk with and learn about the companies that are driving technological change through innovation and hard work. At Instate London, we're moving our evening events online, bringing them to you a bit earlier in the day, but keeping them interactive and, we hope, retain the spirit of what we've achieved on stage. We're using BrightTalk as our technology platform to deliver our events to you to listen live, catch up on later, connect to us directly with through questions and the polls. And we're delighted to be able to do this with the support of Velocity, a digital platform that works with Salesforce Financial Services Cloud and helps insurers overcome their legacy constraints. In this episode, I'm talking to Andy Wiggins, European Managing Director of BrightTalk, to learn about their global reach and how they are managing with the ramp up in demand in the last few weeks. Andy, great to have you join us today. You are Managing Director for BrightTalk for EMEA, Vice President and Regional Managing Director. Uh, we came across each other through Azure, Charlie Blackburn and Graham Elliott, who founded Azure, of course, also founded uh, BrightTalk, and they're using your Broker IQ channel. So it'd be great to hear a little bit more about what you've got going on just now, uh, particularly in these strange times we're in. First of all, Matthew, it's great to talk to you and, and you know, welcome to the Instat London community to Bright Talk and delighted you're going to be leveraging our technology to, to engage and communicate with your audience. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so full disclosure, Graeme Elliott is Bright Talk's chair and Charlie Blackburn uh, was a co-founder of Bright Talk and, and my old boss. So for many years, uh, I had a lot of fun in the early days building the Bright Talk. Uh, platform and, and, and the business with Charlie and um, Azura company that, that personally I've got a lot of respect for and and, and they're the kind of clients that BrightTalk like. They, they, they are what we see as people that innovate, they, they kind of disrupt the norm, they look to use technology to move an industry forward and they're leveraging the BrightTalk technology at the moment for their broker IQ platform. Uh, and that's a, a, a difference in a new way of engaging brokers. So, so seeing that use of technology and how they've done it over the last three to four years um, has been great. The, the way to think about what BrightTalk does is we are a content and demand marketing platform. And, and that is a platform that's trusted by millions of business professionals. And, and the way I like to describe what BrightTalk is, is, is kind of talk about why we exist um, so there's 200 people that work for our business and we've got about 1,500 clients and, and they are some of the very biggest companies in the world, right down to some of the smallest, scrappiest, coolest startups. And, and, and we kind of do cater for all different types of clients. But, but the, the thing that underpins our business is that we've got two great beliefs. First of all, the belief that every single company needs to be heard. They have a responsibility to educate their markets. They have a responsibility to communicate and engage their customers and their future customers. And they have a responsibility to give them the knowledge, the insights and the information that they need to do their jobs. And then on the other side, we have this belief 
that every single business professional, so Matthew, people like myself and yourself, we have a need to self-educate every single day of our lives, more so than probably any other generation. We need information, we have problems to solve, we have buying decisions to make. And the job that Bright Talk has is to bring the two together, to bring the business professional and the companies together to learn and grow together. So professionals get to listen to some of the best experts in their field and the companies get to meet people who hopefully will buy and engage with their products and services. Well, that's really helpful, Andy. And you're just in terms of people making a choice between some of the other platforms. So you know, Zoom has uh, become very popular yeah. in the last few weeks. I mean, what, for anybody looking at you know, what systems to yeah, How do you compare this? Is that what you're doing between Zoom or Google well, Hangouts or something else? Zoom is a great platform. We use Zoom at BrightTalk. And Zoom is essentially a video conferencing call. Um, and it's, it's a great way of, I mean, Zoom is now in everybody's home. So we started using Zoom about uh, 15 months ago. And we use it to do all of our client calls. We use it to do all of our internal calls. And it's a really good tool. So we are a premium Zoom customer. And what's quite interesting with Zoom is, um, even on the BBC website this morning, because Zoom have acquired so many new um, kind of consumer customers recently, the attorney in New York is now challenging, you know, is, is Zoom a secure platform? We believe it is. But what Zoom is, it is a communications platform. So it is a great way of having a video call, with a colleague, a client, or even in today's world with an aunt and uncle, a grandma, because it's actually found, our way, found its way to our homes. But where Bright Talk is different, Bright Talk is a platform that's built for businesses and, and primarily built for marketers. Because the difference, you, you, you could share and watch content on Zoom, but what you are not capturing is any data. And when you produce content, data and engagement data is critical so as an example if you publish content on a platform like bright talk that's designed for business professionals and designed for marketers you get to see and know who's watching what the job title is where did they work what's the email address what the telephone number is how long did they watch for did they ask any questions participate in polls did they rate the presentation did they leave any feedback did they download any attachments so suddenly, from one piece of content, you've got 12 to 15 different data points on every single viewer. And that's the difference between using a platform that's designed for marketers and businesses versus a platform that's designed for simple communications. I think you've got two main different ways that you can provide information. There might be more, but you've got your sort of webinar platform. And I want to talk in a minute about you know, what you're seeing in trends and webinars. Be a webinar platform. And then one you have now, which is... Uh, described as talks, which is a bit more of a sort of dynamic, interactive way of engaging. Is that, is that correct? Absolutely. So um, if you take the traditional webinar, I mean, the traditional webinar has been around a long, long time. And, and it is a great way of getting information from a company to a, to a client or, or a future client. Um, a lot of our clients have complex products and they solve complex problems. So therefore, when you're getting a lot of information to a business professional or a prospective buyer, you need details. So sometimes you need 20 slides in a PowerPoint presentation to present online. So that traditional webinar of an audio PowerPoint experience online 
um, has been around a long time. It, it, it has served companies so well, and it will continue to serve companies very well because you can get a lot of detail in there. It is, though, quite hard to produce. It's time-consuming. Somebody has got to sit there and build a 20-slide deck. Somebody has got to sit there and then present that 20-slide deck. And when you're getting into a lot of detail, and particularly some of our technology clients, their solutions are, are very complex. So there's a lot of information in there, and, and it can become um, you know, hard work. But it is essential, absolutely essential to the business community. What we're seeing with what we call talks is um, people adapting and using things like webcams. So just as Zoom uses a webcam, BrightTalk's new platform um, essentially uh, lets you see the presenter's face. And that content is easier to produce because we can all produce content now simply by opening our laptops, hitting record, and talking to an audience. So as long as you've got a point of view, your, your topic is, is relevant and timely, and you've got a reason to talk and people to talk to, then essentially you can produce uh, what we call new style webinars or talks very easily, and it's a real low drag situation because you've got, you've, you know, you'll need some notes, but you don't need 20 slides. So, so we're seeing a trend and a shift to a lot more content that is that talking to a webcam as opposed to multiple slides. And, and in the middle of all that, Matthew, you can actually do a combination of both. So there's some really clever tools around at the moment that, that help businesses communicate. And on that one about the, the visuals or the video, I mean, have you got technology to sort of maximize the use of the bandwidth or at least make it most efficient? Because I guess the problem with video is you can start to use that bandwidth, which can therefore degrade the quality yeah. of the audio. Our platform is, is essentially designed for video content. And video content is... Is, is growing there's no doubt about it so whether it is a video of the presenter talking to a webcam or whether it's the polished production in a studio the the amount of video content that we're seeing on bright talk is growing every single year and you, you've only got to look at um the, you know the reasons for that video content is actually very engaging if you take youtube youtube is the second biggest search engine after google and, and, and it's something a lot of people will use because it's an easy way of fixing a problem. If I'm going out for dinner and I've got that dreaded bow tie to tie, I go onto YouTube and in 30 seconds, there's a video, boom, and you're ready to go. If you're fixing a, a leak in your kitchen or assembling anything from Ikea, then, then video content is a great way. And we're used to, as consumers, engaging video content. What we're seeing in the business world is that it's becoming um, a lot more um, produced people are not scared of it um, videos can be uh, produced to be short-form content or little teaser videos a lot of companies that were running say big conferences or, or partaking in in meetups often did teaser videos to, to you know to enable people to register for the big events um, and it's not difficult to produce video content anymore you, you, you can still go into a studio and do high-end video production and we do an awful lot of that and um, if you're a fund manager for example talking to your investors then you shouldn't really be doing it on your webcam you should be in a studio with a two to three camera set up and, and a very polished production but but yeah video content um, is growing and, and we're delighted because 
um, it's, it's, quite, um, it's quite exciting. It's certainly very engaging. You also start to see in the last few weeks, given where we are, people, the sort of hybrid model where they're moving away from just relying on the, the laptop web, web camera that's embedded or embedded in the computer and starting to use separate cameras. But you're yeah, still kind of that approach of, you know, these days, particularly kind of one person talking to camera, just slightly more variety or better production quality than just a raw camera in the laptop. What's, um, what's been really interesting in the last few weeks is, is obviously the technology that enables presenters now to be seen by their audience, the webcams that, that we now use in webinars, um, has enabled us that we're, we're starting to see the faces of presenters that we've known their voices for many, many years. So that's become a norm. And then obviously in the last few weeks, we've not just been invited to see their faces, we've actually been invited into their homes. And this has been really interesting because, you know, we've seen um, a lot of content go out on Bright Talk recently and, and, and the trending content over the last few weeks has, has been incredible. I'll, I'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, but we are now seeing people presenting from their home offices. And, you know, so getting your background right, getting your um, ability to present to camera has actually become a bit of a, um, bit of a, a skill that people need to quickly adapt and, and it, it is quite interesting because we had a, um, a, a sort of chief marketing officer CMO panel the other day and one of the um, senior marketers of an American tech company was doing the webcam from the spare bedroom because his wife was also working from home she had the office space the kids were in various places and it, and it became quite a challenge for the presenter um, that he was presenting from the spare bedroom despite being a very senior person in a in a huge US tech company so we are seeing more of um, more video content and we're seeing more um, presenter faces. And naturally at the moment, we're seeing, we're seeing where they live as well as where they work. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I guess also one of the challenges I, I noticed is you're trying to upgrade the equipment. Amazon just now, certainly in the UK, Amazon Prime has moved from a 24-hour delivery commitment to almost four weeks now so trying to order new microphones and things is, you know, is virtually impossible just now. So. yeah I, I, I tried to order a new monitor last week and, and just couldn't get one so I had to get one covered from the office so it was um, quite quite interesting so uh, yeah you must have seen lots of behavior and data coming through and, and, and I'm sure lots more interest in bright talk what, what kind of themes are you seeing anything in particular any surprises that you're you're tracking just now I think the key thing is the amount of content that we're seeing published online is, 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 is incredible at the moment because we've still got to keep our businesses moving forward. We've still got to engage and give customers and, and new customers information. Um, but what we've seen in the way that businesses have transitioned to publishing more online or digital content has, has been incredible. So, so just to give you some numbers, we, we typically have about 500 live webinars or live talks every week going out on Bright Talk. We've seen that double in the last three weeks. We, we've seen audience engagements literally hit new records. So last week we had as many people watching content on Bright Talk as we'd normally get in a single month. So they're, they're probably not surprises because we, you know, we can't engage face-to-face, -face, so we, we are reliant on the internet. But it is great to see that companies are embracing digital. Um, they understand when we're in a world where we are locked down, um, we as businesses need to publish content on the internet and our 
our audience, our clients, our customers are using the internet to get that information. So, so that's been the, the nice surprise, just how well companies have transitioned. And, and when you look at um, different businesses, there are some industries that are kind of natural publishers on, uh, in the digital world. So if I take, um, um, if I take technology companies, you know, technology companies have for years been mass publishers on um, online and digital and they're used to engaging so we've seen those companies just ramp up and produce even more content but what we have seen is industries that don't normally use digital channels have started to to, to make those steps and and they've had a lot of success because you know when we are um, in a world as well at the moment where you know that we, we, we cannot meet people in, in person and, and you know, that's huge, that, that, that statement alone. The amount of conferences, workshops, lunches, networking meetings, visits to the pub with clients and colleagues, all that stopped. So we've got to move online. We've got to move to a digital communication vehicle. And, and that's what we've seen. We've seen clients publishing more content and we've seen clients or new clients that have come on board that have never really published online started to publish. And... And, you know, the reality is um, this behavior will stay and needs to stay. Yeah, I guess a couple of questions around that. Though. So, so one is for people to actually engage with the content, and clearly they've got to you know, not do what else they'd be doing and just sit and watch material. I mean, do you find there's a sort of natural limitation? Well, I'm sure there is a natural limitation, but maybe the question is what is that limitation to how much people are kind of willing to sit and look at yeah, in a well, day? It's a great question because we're talking internally in our business um, about Zoom fatigue because um, I think yesterday between, because we're a global business, so I started yesterday morning talking to our teams in Australia and Singapore and ended last night talking to our teams in San Francisco. So I, I had 12 hours pretty much cons constantly looking at a video screen and that's exhausting. You know? so, there, so what we're realizing now with the world we're living in there is actually a limit to the amount of times you can look at a screen without, you know, really going crazy, if I'm honest. So, but one of the things that, that I always um, look at, and, and I find the people in my business that I've got the most complicated problems to solve. So I take um, our IT security director, or if you take the IT security director of a FTSE 100 company, those professionals have got multiple problems every single day from is my email going to get hacked or our systems going to get hacked is my building secure so professionals that work in jobs like that have to and do sit and engage in a lot of content so a typical it security buyer would watch eight to ten webinars a week and you know that that's probably what we would call a power user um, but they need to because their job means they have absolute responsibility to learn about everything that's happening, the latest hacks, the latest threats, the latest solutions. If you go into a world of sales and marketing professionals, um, sales professionals tend to engage in, um, in, in less content, but they still would watch probably one to two hours of content. Now that could be it could be engaging with podcasts, it could be engaging with webinars, it could be engaging with video. But, but what we are seeing is that, is that every business professional now does engage and needs to engage. But the job roles, you know, there are some power users 
and people that need to watch a lot more. What the limit is, I don't know, but, but we certainly see people watching up to, up to 10 pieces of content a week. Also, I guess some of the current lockdown means there's like podcasts that people could listen to in the car you know, on, their, on their commuting. Um, you know, those are uh, easier to consume, whereas, if you, as you said, yeah. you're stuck in your desk now in a spare room looking at a screen. You're kind of slightly more, I think, selective about what you look at. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how the podcast listening figures you know, change. Uh, the other question was, was, as just looking now, to the extent you can track this, what's people's appetite for things that are related to the pandemic versus, you know, they just want to move on from that and look at you know, the other broader business issues that are a natural part of their uh, day-to-day working before all this started? People are still wanting information about how to transition and how to continue to run their business during this pandemic. And, and we've been putting a lot of content out ourselves because as well as our clients publishing on our platform, we, we publish our own original content. And we've been producing a lot of content primarily around how to take an in-person event or, or, or a conference that you have planned this year, how to pivot that to a digital event. And, and we ran a, um, a webinar two weeks ago that was basically entitled how to pivot a, um, a conference or an in-person event to a digital event in 24 hours. Um, we've had about 5,000 people globally viewing that content, which just shows that there is a huge appetite for knowledge because there are so many businesses out there who have events and conferences and workshops and meetups right at the heart of their go-to-market strategy, right at the heart of how they engage with their clients. And a lot of companies rely on those to produce them a lot of leads for new people they would meet or it's the way of having a touch point, a high value touch point with a client, and that's gone. So, you know, what we're seeing is probably the most searched after content at the moment on Bright Talk is, is how to be um, able to run my business and market my business in this very disruptive, challenging world that we're in. And, 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 I, and I can't see the need for the content like that, you know, the appetite um, getting less, it's, uh, it's huge. So on that theme, you have different channels on, on Bright Talk where I think yes, you sir. focus on different topics. You just talk a little bit about how that works and also particularly with regards to insurance and technology insurance, anything you're doing on that, in yeah. that area. So, so Bright Talk has 87 different communities, which is a lot. But if you go on to brighttalk.com, um, you can view all those different communities. We, we are very strong um, across all areas of technology, mainly because that is a... Um, community that has been a traditionally good publisher online of great content and has, as I mentioned before, the IT security buyer, has an audience out there that's looking for knowledge and information regularly online. So, so I would describe those, those guys as natural content producers. And, and within tech, we've probably got 15 communities um, from cloud computing to business intelligence, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we're also very strong across asset management, wealth management. In fact, BrightTalk was founded 18 years ago with the purpose of helping companies like that put content online. And, and that's still a very strong area for us. Um, and recently, fintech has become an incredibly strong area for us because the companies that have come into that space have been really challenging the norm um, they've been sort of disrupting the market. They've been producing great products and also great content on the back of, uh, of their disruptive technologies. And insurance is very interesting for us. So we are just about to set up our insurance community. 
Um, and the insurance industry, um, for me, is, is, is kind of the backbone of, of the UK economy, certainly the backbone of London economy. I work in, in London and, and, and I see and meet people who touch insurance in some way on a regular basis. And, and it's such a hugely respected um, uh, industry with a rich culture and, and great relationship building. Um, and I'd like to see the insurance industry um, being led by organizations like yourself, which is great, but I'd like to see them transitioning to do more stuff online. Um, we will always have a need to meet up in person. I don't think that will ever go away in the world of business. Unfortunately, at the moment, it's not possible. So, you know, my, my advice to the insurance industry is, is embrace digital, find ways to go online, to produce content like webinars, like podcasts, find ways to engage your customers and to stay in touch. And when all this is over, um, I guarantee you will continue with some of those strategies. Um, and that's what we're here to do. We're here to help. And, and with Instech London coming on board, it enables us to really start to build an insurance community. And five years ago, we set off trying to build a fintech community. And to build a community on Bright Talk, we need good content. So when we get organizations like Instech London producing content and putting it on Bright Talk, it enables us to start building out communities. So, so I'm, I'm saying to all the insurance professionals or everybody that works in the industry is Bright Talk will be a great place for you to get knowledge, information, um, and great content. That's great, Andy. And of course, we're a big believer in the community and have seen a lot of growth around it. And I, you know, I think the other thing with the insurance industry is, you know, like a lot of businesses, it does rely very heavily on the, the personal relationships. But I think one of the shifts you might see going forward is people can do more of the, the sort of um, transactional work remotely, digitally, and then still have the personal relationships. But that's when you can have the sort of softer side of the discussion and just focus on you're paying attention with the person you're with. And, and so I think we'll probably see coming out of this, yeah, you know, much more you know, efficient ways of, of transacting and you know, certainly building on what you've yeah, and, done. And, and digital is a great way to um, get your message out, to uh, get your brand out there um, and, and acquire new customers. And then your customer retention strategy becomes your relationship, et cetera. And, and, and that's a really good model to think of. And just a couple of things before we, before we sort of wrap up the, you allow questions and polls and also I noticed that you, people can actually answer questions to sort of get their uh, continual yeah. professional development points. Can you just talk a bit about the sort of technology or, and how that works? I'll start with, with CPD because, you know, certainly in certain industries, CPD accreditation is critically important. So um, whenever you watch a webinar, a piece of content on Bright Talk, um, all you need to do is click the link next to it and you download your CPD accreditation immediately. So if anybody has been onto the Broker IQ channel um, through Azure, you know, that's a Bright Talk feature, downloading the CPD accreditation on there. And you'll be able to do the same on, on, on Instech London uh, webinars on Bright Talk as well. So um, that's easy. It's essential. Um, you get a certificate directly downloaded onto your desktop. Um, and, and that's certainly something that, that is necessary. Um, but when you look at producing a webinar, then for me, the, the, the best thing a presenter needs to think about is, is that how do I engage with this audience out there? Because it's very different to speaking at a conference where you can see people's eyes, you can see a hand goes up when people want to ask a question. So keeping engagement when you're talking on the internet and you, and you don't know who's out there, 
um, you can see digitally who's attended, but, but you can't physically see them, then it's very important to make sure that talk, that conversation is two ways. So um, use of questions is a huge one. You can stay connected to your audience by encouraging, encouraging them to ask questions. And, and again, on Bright Talk, it's a simple click, ask a question, you type your question in, the presenter sees it come up on the screen and they can answer it. But you can also use polls. Um, polls are a great way of understanding your audience, understanding um, what they're working on, what their concerns are, what type of jobs they're in. Um, and then you've also got the um, sort of contact me features. You can put in the attachments, copies to your LinkedIn profile, copies to your company's website. You can put in there a client story, the copy of the slides. Um, there's loads and loads of things you can do. Um, but certainly the use of polls, the use of questions, and encouraging your viewers to give you feedback and to rate your presentation is very important because that's when you learn about what people want to listen to and, and what they enjoyed about your talk and what they didn't enjoy. Yeah, and it also makes it a bit more dynamic, doesn't it? It has a sort of the flavor of the reality TV. If, you don't, if you've got it well run and you allow questions to come in and polls, you can sort of respond to those real time, which I think people yeah, quite enjoy. Absolutely. And, and on a perfect presentation, you've always got to allow time for questions. So we always say, and you asked the question before, Matthew, about how much content can people consume? We believe that a webinar or a talk should be about 45 minutes long because after that you start to lose people. And so we always say produce content that lasts about 30 or 35 minutes and allow 10 minutes for audience questions. Now, those questions can be answered throughout the presentation or they can be left for the end, but, but that is a good tip for the makeup of a, of a good webinar. Excellent. Well, Andy, it's been really helpful there. If people want to learn a bit more about Bright Talk, uh, you've got the website. Do you also have some tutorials or examples of what you've been yeah. doing that people can engage so, with? Absolutely. So, I mean, to access Bright Talk as a viewer, as, as a business professional wanting knowledge and information, just, just go to brighttalk.com, register, and you will see there is great content in there across multiple communities that will make you a better business professional. And, and like I said, some of the best experts in the world are regularly speaking on Bright Talk. Um, I'm looking forward to our new insurance community getting going. So, so keep an eye out for that and that'll be coming. And then, you know, as a client, if, if you want to publish your company's content on Bright Talk, then, then find me on LinkedIn or, or, or um, email me direct at awiggins at brighttalk.com and I'll connect you with a member of our team. Um, you know, nothing that is good in life is ever easy and digital can sometimes feel a bit daunting, but, but don't, be, don't be worried about it. Don't be scared of it. Um, digital strategies are well worth the investment that you'll put in. And now, now's the time to do it. Well, Andy, thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you also for your support to help us get onto Bright Talk. Really looking forward to be part, being part of what you're doing. And you know, we've got a whole series of events that we're looking forward to putting out on the platform and continuing to keep our community engaged. So uh, that was fantastic. And yeah, let's, let's check in in the near future to see how things are developing generally and with the insurance uh, channel you've got there. But thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Very excited. And it's been great to talk and stay safe and stay healthy. If you're enjoying our podcast, please do share them with others and let us know what you like. Look out for our weekly events broadcasting live on Bright Talk and still coming to you through the Instec London podcast channel. 
If you'd like to host an event or be on one yourself, special deals are available for our members, but still reasonably priced for the rest of you. Main details in the episode notes or from www.instec.london.